Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, where each week we talk three topics from the world of rugby league. Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni and you're listening to episode seven of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. It's our first episode for the year and I'm super pumped because for the first time ever, we've got a special guest uh, on the show with us tonight. Uh, Many of you may know who he is. To me, he's the voice of rugby league in the USA. He's the host of the Rugby League in America podcast, Nate Gladden. Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for having me, brother. I love being here. <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm just so pumped that you're here. I've been listening to you for a long time, um, and I'm just glad we can, we can finally chat. You, you reached out to us early on in the piece, gave us a lot of support, and um, I know when I was talking to Charlie and Jake, the boys, um, about having some guests on this year, your name was was just a clear first like we had to have you here so we really appreciate it man thank you so much hey man i that i'm honored like i'm, I'm truly honored <laughs> here. i'm having a great time I made myself a little johnny carson this morning i don't know if you're familiar with with that saying but uh i made myself a little johnny carson this morning and i'm ready to have some fun tell me about it because johnny carson i'm assuming it's, it's alcoholic i'm assuming it's whiskey based and oh, um yeah 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 it's just the splash of uh I, so basically johnny carson back in the day on his show he used to have a little coffee mug and he had his coffee but everybody <laughs> knew he had a little something in it so he had a little jack or something like that so i put a little uh uh jack daniels creamer in my coffee this morning and we're gonna have some fun okay that's good because I'm, i think it's 5 a.m over in the states where you are so i think as long as there's coffee involved i'm not gonna ask any questions about that i think five that's cool it's five o'clock somewhere it's five o'clock here so <laughs> man um nate happy to have you on man and look for any people like i assume most of our listeners will know who you are but for any that don't um can you just let us know um what your show is all about and how you came to love how an american like yourself came to love our game rugby league yeah and i mean it's real simple uh i say it's simple but it's how i came to love rugby league is pretty simple in the fact that a couple of your countrymen decided to basically grab me around the neck and slam me around and it worked <laughs> yeah. out. So can you no, name I, names I, uh, <laughs> too, I'm sorry. Can you name names? Uh, I can't name names, <laughs> uh, but what's really funny is the guy that uh, the, the, the actual Aussie that introduced me to rugby league. Uh, I don't know him, right? Like I don't really oh, wow. know him and that's what's, that's, what's kind of funny. So, so the basic gist, uh, you know, serving in the military, serving in the air force overseas. Yeah. Um, and I was on a joint force kind of thing. So there were Aussies, there were Kiwis, there were, there were Brits. So obviously there were Americans. There was a little bit of everybody um, on this assignment. And, you know, there's a guy wearing a, um, a Bronco shirt and the Bronco <laughs> shirt he had looked the same as my high school logo. Like we were the same colors. We had the same like style logo of, you know, like horse head kind of thing. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so of course, like I saw it and I was like, Hey, what are the chances you went to, you know, you know, I said my high school, you know, what a chance did you went to North Marion? And he kind of looked at me, he's like, no, I'm from Australia. We talked <laughs> for a second. He told me what the Broncos were. Yep. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. They were out, you know, they, we had a sand pit area where we would play. And uh, I was familiar with rugby, yep. obviously being an American. So yep. he kept saying footy over and over again. In my mind, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go learn to play Aussie rules football. Cool. Like, I yeah, didn't know yeah. you guys would call it footy. And uh, I went out and ran around, and they let me pass it because, you know, I could pass the ball uh, playing scrum half in, in, uh, in Union. And uh, they were like, here, you can do this, run around with us, and then it gives them more of a chance to play. I asked if I could pick it up and run, and they said yes. Yep. I didn't know that guy got tackled, like, by the guy that just tackled the other person. Yeah. Yep. And I got slammed to the ground, and I fell in love with it, and that's, that's the end of that. So as soon as you hit the ground, you knew that rugby league was the game that you wanted to 
it was incredible. It was immediate. <laughs> I came back and, and there was no team where I was based. The team, yeah. the Atlanta Rhinos, one of the USARL teams, started up the year that I moved from there. I moved okay. to Connecticut the year that that team folded and moved to another place. Everywhere oh, I've moved, the team has either started up after I've gotten there or, or quit when I got there. So it's telling me that I should have been the play curse. again. <laughs> I just where, need to talk about it. Where, where are you based now? I'm in D.C. now. Uh, so there's a team in the local area. Traffic here makes it to where if you drive what should be a 10-minute drive, it's actually about an hour and a half. So, uh, But, yeah, so I'm in the D.C. area. As in um, Washington, D.C.? Yeah, Washington. Yeah, sorry. So Washington, D.C. And then and breaking news, I'm getting ready to move. So I'm going to be moving in the next couple months, and I'll be living between New York and Philadelphia. And that move is hopefully going to work out to where I can – I can actually get to even, you know, more events, more games, maybe some practices and, and really try to dive deeper into the USARL as far as, you know, helping with the podcast stuff. That'll be really cool, man. I'm sure they'd love to have you helping out too. Are you, you, you know, Jake Watson, who um, records some shows with us, he used to play for Washington, D.C. Slayers. Um, yeah, who okay. Haven't been around for a couple of years, but I don't know if you know any of those guys who used to run that club, but back in the old yeah. AM and RL days. Oh yeah, so uh, Danny Hansen, the commissioner now for the USARL, he you know he's he lives in the area. He did stuff with DC Slayers, obviously, okay. and uh, you know I'll be rec- I'll be recording with him later tonight, uh, so we can talk about the AGM and all the stuff from the USARL that came up. Um, but yeah, so I've had a couple of those guys reach out, a couple of DC Slayers, yeah, cool, and uh, and ask if you know ask if I want to help get the team back together. And I'm like, man, I I, I don't have the time <laughs> to get the team back together. Uh, I'll let- I would love to. I'll let Jake know because he would be he he was he shed a tear when they when they folded and I'm sure he'd love to get him to see him back together. Um, so, so you you started playing rugby and and moved to league. That's obviously the common I guess um, pathway for for guys over in the states. Like there's no real development in terms of like juniors for rugby league over there. So are you find do you find that most guys start in rugby union and then move across? Yeah, I'd say the majority of them do. I mean, uh, you know, I, like I coached college, uh, college rugby, and you know, I would send my guys over for the summer to play with Boston. That's what I would always do is push them over there to league so yeah, they cool. would have something in the summer. Um, but there is there isn't a direct pathway whenever they're young unless you live in one of the cities. So if you live in like like Jacksonville, does an amazing job of it, right? So they yeah, do a great job. Yeah, they do a great job where they will get they will get like the the University of North Florida. Um, has a rugby team and they'll grab guys from that. They'll get guys from the local rugby club, but they do a good job of, of finding those athletes. And, and it, especially in a town like Jacksonville where high school football is big, they do a great job of finding those kind of people. And that's not to say the other teams don't. It's just, that's one that that's one I know I'm very familiar with in the sense of, I know that they, they, they make a serious push to find them when they're young. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, I've spoken to a few um, players over there and they, they just say, look, apart from Jacksonville, like Jacksonville do it well, but apart from that, um, it's it's pretty tricky, but um, cool. And and what about so your show, so Rugby League in America podcast? You started it about a year ago. I've been listening. I'll, I'll admit I haven't listened from the start. I've been listening since about episode twenty, I think. I think you're up to like sixty something now. Um, how'd that start? What's that all, all about? Just for anyone that might want to listen to you straight after this episode. Yeah, so the whole thing started, I mean, the honest answer is I couldn't, I was tired of not being able to be involved in rugby league because yeah. I didn't live around the places where I could play. And I wanted to play, but I couldn't play. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I can coach rugby, but I'm not going to sit on the sideline and act like I know how to coach rugby league. I look like a jackass. So because of that, I was like, All right, what am I going to do? A, you'd have a fair idea, man. But anyway, yep. Yeah, no, I think I'd have, a, I would at least be able to talk to like, the, so I would be the perfect coach for the guys who are just playing before and they don't know. So I could just trash talk them about how they suck at the game. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time they learn it, they'd realize I should never talk to this guy again. Yeah. But, uh, 
no, I just, I decided I want to get involved. I didn't know, I, I didn't know how, and, and I love, you know, I love rugby league podcasts and everything else. And I just, I thought, why don't I just do this? Like, why don't I just start one? And my entire goal was to talk about the teams in the USARL. I honestly thought, I was like, you know yep. what? If these guys just have somebody talking about them, it'll be fun. And so I started it and I was like, you know, I'll talk to people that my intention was I'll talk to guys from Australia and England who have come over to America to play. And that, yep. that'll be like my international group. But other than that, it'll just be talking about the games. I'll probably do it six months a year and the rest of the time it won't be going. And then I did it. And, and there's this weird thing where uh, Aussies really love the rugby league and they reached yeah. out immediately. I mean, people yeah. started reaching out and I didn't expect it. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's been, and it's just been going since then. It just turned into this like mad storm of, of just, I don't know. I love it. So yeah, it's cool, man. Well, you're talking about places like Serbia and it's all over Europe and you're, you're looking at clubs in Australia and uh, it's, it's really cool, man. It's uh, look, I love listening to it every week or sometimes twice a week. Now I think you you've got a few episodes happening, which is really cool. So man, I'll, I'll, let's get into it. So um, as our regular listeners would know uh, here at Chasing Kangaroos, we like to talk three, topics per week from the world of rugby league um we're going to do it a little bit differently tonight with you it's going to be exclusively american topics so want to pick your brains we can go anywhere we want to go from these three topics but i'll try and keep the same structure as, as normal and yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens man so um by the way thank you for making me sound like an arrogant american because everybody's gonna be like oh, look at that imagine that they will only talk about american topics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you I see it as this won't be the last time you're on the show, man. So I think we start off with America and then <laughs> later on down good. the track, we, we expand it. So I think that'll be really cool. Um, so let's get into it, man. What do you say? Absolutely. Topic number one, I guess this is one thing that, that, has been, that I've been thinking about a lot. So it's been 15 months since a consortium led by Ricky Wilby uh, went public about their plans for a New York or a professional New York-based rugby league team. Uh, he wants to follow the footsteps of the Toronto Wolfpack and get into that English system. Um, Nigel Wood, so the former RFL chief, he's now the RLIF CEO. He spent some time in New York last year on a fact-finding mission. Um, we've been expecting answers, uh, but we haven't haven't heard anything. Nate, obviously one close to your heart. Um, what's going on? Well, I think... First off, I'll say that I need them to go ahead and say yes so I can buy a ridiculous 100%. amount of blue and orange uh, and start wearing that. It's really cool. So, um, yeah, so what's going on? I do know what's going on. So uh, for those who are listening, if you've never heard me talk or you haven't heard the episode, so I had Ricky Will be on as a, you know, yeah. as a podcast guest. Right. And, uh, we, yeah, we had, a, we had a big talk. We had a great talk. Um, but we talked we talk since then. That turned into, hey, let's do a podcast episode, and it's turned into, hey, I'm here in America so we can talk a lot about random things. And he yep. picks my brain occasionally, which is really cool. So they, they, they want to know the honest answer right up front um, on the front end of what's going on right now is they want to know by the end of the month. I mean, they know. Oh, yeah. So they've, they've, they've obviously, you know, he, he's talked about this on um, – he was on a podcast, well, was on a show that also was a podcast called The Full 80 Minutes recently, and he was talking about it as well if somebody wanted to hear it there. Another but, great um, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, so he was basically – they've looked at it like we have to know by the end of January. If, it, if we don't know by the end of January, we will not be able to get in by 2020. Yep. And, at the, and at this point, you have to think that if they don't get in by 2020 – not that they don't want to be in. They obviously do. They're, they're pushing to try to get in. Um, it's at that point, you have to think that the, the, I would assume that the people with money in that uh, situation 
they're probably going to decide that they want to go spend it elsewhere. It's not like they don't want to spend it somewhere else. They just want to spend it somewhere else. So, and I would prefer them to spend it in New York. I mean, I get it. Everybody wants to go to Vegas and spend some money there and make some bad memories you can't tell anybody about, (laughs) but I'd rather them spend it in New York city. New York just makes sense. And I I just wonder why they wouldn't want this to happen. Like, I, I don't know if it's something to do with obviously, um, the the RFL and the Super League have sort of split, so maybe there's been some miscommunication there. I'd like to think that's not what's going on, but you know, surely having a team from New York, and I don't know if Ricky, I think in your show, Ricky mentioned that they they were looking at maybe going straight into the Super League, but they're happy to work their way up like Toronto Wolfpack are. But like, I only see positives in having a New York team there. Like, what what could I mean? Can you think of any reasons as to why? They wouldn't want them around. I can't think of anything. Uh, so the so that makes sense, right? Nothing that makes sense. I mean, you know. So yeah. there's there's three things inside of inside of that part to me. The first one that I I guess I guess if I were saying why would they not want to do it, they look yep. at it like, <clears throat> okay, now teams have to travel over the over the ocean, uh, tw- you know, twice in one season or whatever because of Toronto and because of New York. So I can I can understand if their argument is player welfare, but that hasn't yep. come up yet. It's not player welfare that's come up. It's it's um you know, I don't know. It's just it just hasn't been that. So that would be the one thing where if they wanted to go that argument, I guess I could maybe stomach that. Uh but they haven't they haven't said that. I could I can see one reason why the delay has happened is actually the Super League and RFL yeah. kind of splitting because my assumption yeah. is my guess is and, and this is something that I would assume Ricky and all of them have had to talk to Robert Elstone. They've had to talk to both sides and they've probably had to say, okay, um, if we get into our, in, into the RFL sides and we do league one, cool. And then we turn around and we go to the championship. Cool. Are you going to accept us? Yeah. Will you let us in side? Yeah. And you know, because what we don't know yet is if Toronto had have won that game against London, would they have been accepted because this stuff happened with the challenge cup? So yeah, that's you, have interesting. To, you have to wonder. So my assumption is the, that that would not stop them. I would think maybe that's why there was a delay into the end of January would be yeah. that I could see that. But as far as to me, it's all upside. Like the third part of that is, I mean, it's, it's New York city and, and I understand the fear of failure. You know, there's a lot of fear of failure in life, but I mean, yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I have a practice wife. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, fear of failure is one of those things you just have to get over, you know, like I've been through one of those. So, uh, yeah. so I mean, you know, that's that's life. Um, but I mean, you know, I don't know, like to me, New York is a massive upside. It's a massive media market. And and, you know, people will say, oh, well, you'll you'll drown out in the in that market. Yes, you will drown out because there's so many options, but you won't drown out and, and, and go defunct. You'll drown out and, and settle in and get a percentage and a percentage of a percentage of what 20 million people's pretty damn good. Not to mention like everybody else. I mean, people you're in Australia yep, and you want to watch a New York city team play. I can assure you right now they're like, if they started the team, I, I, if somebody walked into the Australian side right now, if they went to all the NRL players and they said, Hey, we want to take you to a league one side in England. I'm pretty sure they would all laugh at them point joke and everything else. But if they said, we want to take you to play for a New York team and you have to start in league one, I feel like there's a decent amount of those guys that be like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, I don't care because it's New York City. It's a chance to of in New York City. Well, there's guys doing it in Toronto. Like, you look at guys yeah. like Ashton Sims, and he he could still play in the NRL. He could still play in Super League. But I mean, he's he's like the face for the Wolfpack over there. He's all over all over the shop in the media. He's everywhere. But so, like, just to be in New York, I don't know if I buy the whole player welfare thing because surely, like, guys in England would love to to spend a week in New York 
playing some rugby league. Like, would. you know, like I think fans would love to be there too. I think, and there's people all like there's people on the NRL side of things that are watching closely. Um, to me, to me, I almost think like there's. I'm not saying these are all the club. Like, there's some real forward-thinking clubs in England and in the Super League in particular. But I just feel like there's this like minority that just wants to keep the game in Northern England and they're afraid of expansion and, and they Absolutely. like, and I just hope they don't, they don't win this war. Like when we, we like New York needs to be there. And I think, um, I think the game can learn a lot from a New York team. Like you talk about the media, um, how you guys market, um, th- there's potentially a lot of money that can come into the game just from having yes. a presence in New York. Yes. Um, there's a and, massive amount of money that could come in and there's we're different we're a different breed yeah. of people when it comes to like well like like i'm i'm no kidding i told you i was making a move right well the honest answer is a, a major portion of why i'm making a move yeah is because this is the window where i can make make like to to be able to transfer my position in my job and be able to move closer and yeah. and a really large percentage of the reason why is because there may be a team in new york Maybe, which means yeah. I can, I can, like, I'm willing to do that so I can be on a 30 minute train ride to the stadium to watch the game. Like, I'm moving, I'm moving jobs so that I can try to be closer for a team that's not even been agreed to happen yet. And if it does happen, I'm set and I'm ready to go. That's like, passion. That's passion, man. That's like what that. we, yeah, we're <laughs> Americans. We're weird. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about it. So you, you mentioned like being half an hour away from the stadium that they play. Let's assume they get in. Let's pretend it's a perfect world. They get in. Where are they playing? You mentioned their colors are blue and orange. Like, what can you tell us about this club? Oh, yeah. Well, I see, now I'm getting excited. Now I got to be careful. So now yeah, I'm going to tell us what you can. See, well, the problem is you're going to make me mess up. I'm going to pour all the Jack Daniels in and forget to put just no more than a splash of coffee. Hey, whatever uh, it takes to get the it, good information. We'll, we'll do what we have to for the sport, right? <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I think so. I think one, the blue and orange, it's an iconic one. You know, there's a couple iconic color schemes when you look at New York City. You know, obviously, the first one is like the Yankee pinstripes, but that doesn't work yep. anywhere except for, for the New York Yankees. Yeah. But the blue and orange of, you know, there's is that the there's, giant. Yeah, well, the blue and orange is going to be the New York Mets, and it's going to be the New York Knicks. The Giants are the blue and red, and I think that would uh, get sorry, lost. Yeah. Well, but I think that would get lost right in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to be the Jets; they're the Jets, um, so you don't want to be the color of them. But I think, you know, I think when it comes down to it, that like if you look at the the if you look up a New York Mets baseball hat, it's the NY, but it's in that blue and orange, or the New York yeah. Knicks, it's the NYK with the blue and orange, and so these yeah. they can play off of this. And I can say that I've been lucky enough to uh, I've been lucky enough to see the the color schemes and the ideas and the jerseys and that kind of stuff of what they would want to do. Oh, that's awesome, man! You talk about <laughs> like the problem is I already went ahead and I I pretty much have like a. I have like a, a check, like a, like a, I have a work check sitting on the side over here, like ready to just cash it all in on all the New York gear. It's really cool, man. It looks Dude, really, I, really good. I'll, I'll be straight on mascotbrowns.com. Oh my like God. Picking up as much as I can. As much as possible. I think it'd be huge <laughs> as far as, yeah, it'd be massive. I think as far as where they play. So, so they want to play in Red Bull Arena. And I know that some people yep. have said, oh, that's too big. Well, well, it is a big stadium. It really is. But what's the, what's the capacity there? Like 20,000? Yeah, it's 20. I think it's, uh, I think it's 20, I may be wrong on this, but it's 23,000 or something like that. But let's say it's just 20,000. You know, if you base it on those numbers, if you base that Red Bull Arena, I mean, that's, that's a, that is a big stadium. And so I can see how, you know, obviously if you're starting out and you're putting five or 10,000 people in at first, it's like, oh, that's a big stadium for that. Well, the idea is to grow into it. It's also a great place. It's a soccer specific stadium, which yep. means it'll work perfectly for rugby league. 
that stadium itself is a great stadium. So it's a really, it's a really cool place. Like the, as the sport grows, to me, the big thing is if they're playing at Red Bull Arena, they have the inside track now to be able to hold internationals and everything else. You know, that's, that's yep. how, that, that Tonga Australia game came so close to being played at Red Bull Arena. Oh, yeah. It can still be played there. You know, you could have England versus Australia. You could have a world club championship, you know, to kick off the season there or something like that. If yeah, you crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of things, or you could do something at the end of it. It doesn't matter, anyways. But that stadium, like the press boxes, right? Which I would love to be a part of the press box because I think it'd be <laughs> yeah. cool to sit there. Um, yep. But it's out near the like it's near the field, and like the whole place is set up in this interactive. It'll be the coolest stadium. I I, I think that it would be from a standpoint of like just new age and really cool. It'd be yep. the coolest stadium that any rugby league fan could go to. Um, when it comes to that, like it'd be a really cool experience to go to a game. Oh, it would be top, top yeah. of the bucket list for any fan around the world for sure. It'd be massive. It'd be yeah. massive, you know. Yeah. And it's played just outside, so people will be like, "Oh, well, it's played." Technically, it's played in New Jersey. Well, a lot of sports are played in New Jersey in New York because, yeah. you know, when they were building that city full of heathens, they didn't realize <laughs> that you know it was going to be all you know swamped in, and they were going to have so many awesome sports, right? They didn't, you know, they, unfortunately, I guess they didn't predict that they'd have rugby league back in you know back in the seventeen hundreds <laughs> and eighteen hundreds. Yeah, probably so, not. Yeah, probably not. So they just didn't know that. Um, but I mean, it's a so they play outside. But if you if you fly over and you fly into Newark or you fly wherever, like you can stay just outside the city, take the train in and spend the entire day or you can stay downtown and take the train out like you have options. So I think it's I think Red Bull Arena is made for it. And I think that team, if they happen and they can push the right way they'll be able to work at filling up that stadium. You know, even if they put 10,000 people in there, like Lamport stadium uh, yep. does in Toronto, that's yep. 10,000 bodies in New York city. And I, and I think New York city has the capability of putting a lot more in it because it's a contact sport and a season yeah. when they don't have contact sports and we want it. Or even just 10,000 people like that would put them in like the top three or four clubs in super league, to be honest with you, if that was the average. So instantly, you know, and, and that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I think it makes sense to to be playing at like a soccer specific ground. Like there's and there's a lot of um, soccer grounds over there now with the MLS and all that sort of thing. Um, and there's just so much room in the market. Like I know, I, look, I know. I spoke to I, I was in the, I was in New York probably a long time ago now. Probably my first trip over there was about nine years ago. I remember speaking to a guy over there. I think his name was Herb. And I said, mate, like, have you heard about rugby league? Because I'm always interested to see, you know, what people around the world, you know, what they know. He said, yeah, man, like, that's that's the sport where, you know, they don't play with pads. Like, you guys are tough, you know. I said, do you think, like, Americans would could could follow it? And he said, he said honestly, that um, it is a sport that the American public could get behind, but the NFL yeah. would never let it happen. Do you, do you think there's any truth there or is it, you know? Yes and no, right? So I think yes, there's truth in the fact that there's there's truth in the fact that the NFL would never want another contact sport to overcome them. I get yep. that, but because they don't play in the same season, yeah, they they wouldn't care. And I actually personally, like, if somebody said, "Okay, you're in charge of <clears throat> you're in charge of creating a rugby league team or a league here in the states," yeah, I would personally see and this is this is what I would want. I would love to see. I'd love to see New York be a part of it and Toronto be a part of the Super League, and then whenever the time is right, break off and be the two founding teams to go into that. But I would go to the NFL and I would say, "Here's the deal: um, 
you guys are relevant 365 days a year, but you're always looking for more ways to get your brand on everything. Yeah. How about we do a rugby league and it's based, you know, it's sponsored by the NFL, right? So you can have it sponsored by the NFL. You have it sponsored by the clubs if you want, by the actual teams, but you could have, you could have the teams wherever you want, but go to the NFL and say, Hey, basically we're going to start our league in, we're going to start our preseason in March timeframe, like mid March, but realistically the games kick off. The, they kick off the first or they kick off the 15th of April, right? Something like that. Yeah. You're going to get a little bit of traffic. They're not going to get a bunch because the draft, the NFL draft happens in April. I would be willing to say that more people watch the NFL draft than watch the Super League grand final. Like I just, I would. Like, oh, I, I believe I, that. I believe that. Yeah. Like 100, like it's, I would go to the NFL draft. Like I may go to the NFL draft <laughs> um, soon. Like the, when they put that back in, in the Jersey or Philly area, like, yeah. I'll absolutely go. Um, <clears throat> but but and, and that's funny to think, like, I don't watch the NFL religiously, but I watch the NFL draft religiously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that they could do that. I think that if they did, that was that's what I would do, because then you could tell the NFL, hey, guess what? That whole downtime, you can sprinkle in these games, you can funnel it in, people will watch it. And because the big thing is, you have to think of the players we have that go to college, that hit it big in college and never make it in the NFL. Oh, the NFL could yeah. push those guys in. And it would really bring up the awareness of a league quickly. And it would, yeah. so, so let's let's let I'm going to blow somebody's. I, I don't know if I'm going to. I'm pretty sure I'm going to blow a couple listeners' mind when I say this. So, Do it. <laughs> so, so I believe, I have no doubt, zero doubt that the high school I went to, which was not the biggest high school in the world, right? It wasn't like a star-studded high school, but yep. I grew up in the South, and football in the South matters. I would, I would be willing to bet every dime I would make in 2019 that the like that Wigan, that Leeds, that Warrington, whole KR, any of those teams, that the training facilities in my high school were just as good, if not better. If not better, yeah. 100%. If not better. I would be willing to bet that the finances that go into uh not not total, but like the finances that go into it would blow people's minds. Um but then at the same time, the other part of that is my high school stadium was would easily bring what Lamport Stadium would bring in. So, like, the game, like, the yeah, people crazy. that are going to Toronto Wolfpack, a high yeah. school, a local high school, would we would bring that in. And I can tell you right now that there was another local high school in the, in, in the area that would pack out a stadium. No kidding. The games would have 15,000 people at a, at a high school game, no problem. Yeah, so that's when you, crazy. Yeah, that's insane, right? So if you think about it, we have a guy like I'll use a perfect example. Yeah. So if you do it in New York, you do it just right. You really can. You can really market it big. Um, the NFL can market it or whatever. So there's a Brandon Anderson who uh, yep. is ready to play with Red Star Belgrade, one of our yep. Americans. Yep. We'll talk about that a bit later too. But yep. Yeah. There you go. So we will talk about that, and I'll, I'll talk about this, and we'll move on because that way I don't you know talk <laughs> about him too much there. So he went to high school in Warner Robins, Georgia. Warner Robins, Georgia is like nobody listening has probably ever heard of Warner Robins, Georgia. Yep. But Warner Robins, Georgia is one of the absolute powerhouse high school football regions in America. Yep. At his high school football games, because we've had those conversations, there'd be 20,000 people show up to a high school football game. And yeah. I'm not talking about in a major city. We're talking about in a country town, not like hours away from atlanta georgia hours Dude, that is insane yeah right the entire town every local town comes all like when the other team comes to play with the other rival high school in the city like that many people show up the the the, the entire region shows up to these games and so if you put a game no kidding if we put a let's say we put a usa hawks game versus anybody you could put it versus the kangaroos 
people would show up because they'd be like, oh, there's a team from Australia called the Kangaroos, but they wouldn't know anybody on Australia. They wouldn't care about anybody on Australia until the game started and they saw how good they were. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't know anybody else in the USA, but you'd have a million people wanting to show you in reality, based on Brandon playing in his old high school football stadium, I'd bet 5,000 people would show up. Oh, because they don't know him. Yeah, yeah. Just for him. And then another 5,000 people would show up because it'd have the words USA in it. Yeah. Like you, like you could have 10,000 people go to a rugby league game in Warner Robins, Georgia, if you market it in the right way. For us, everything is about what can we get behind. And if you can find an angle to get behind it, we'll get behind it. Man, we just need Americans telling us this because, we, like, like I said, like the guys in the Super League, they're afraid. The NRL, like they, they, you know, they nearly had Tonga versus Australia here, but you know that was, you know, that didn't happen in the last minute. And and you know, it's just that it could oh be crazy, God. man. Like, the, like just thinking that your high school probably had better facilities than the Manly Sea Eagles, for example. I like guarantee you, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Crazy. So that like that leads me to I guess my next question and probably the last question about the New York bid. But development wise, like surely they can be looking at like college footballers oh, yeah. that don't make the NFL. Like it, what what's the plans? Like what what are they saying they they would do? Yeah. if they had a side. So I can talk about those plans, you know, because I have been fortunate enough to talk to Ricky quite a bit, both yeah. on and off the air, and, yeah, and he's been enough. pretty yeah. open about what we can talk about when it yeah. comes to that. Their intention, like with the USARL, their intention is to have, you know, just like Toronto did, have scouting combines and all of that and move them yeah. around places. But they want to try to interject as much as they can the teams from the USARL that are in New York first, because it's the easiest ones. Obviously, they'd love to have, you know, guys from Southwest Florida Copperheads, but yeah. it's hard to get down there. So, <clears throat> but from the New York team, they've got three teams, so they can try to develop those players, to try to find guys bring a couple of Americans in right away and put them on the, put them on the roster, you know, whether it be some of these guys like Brandon or whether it be, maybe it's a, you know, Joel Lawani, maybe it's a guy yeah. from over there. That's one of our American heritage players. So let, let me stop you quickly. So three yeah. teams from, from the Northern conference, we're talking white plains, we're talking Brooklyn Kings, we're talking New York Knights. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yep. Those okay. cool. Cause those are right there in the area. Yep. Um, so those would be the three that you could easily pull from Philadelphia is not far either. Um, yep. It's about an hour away from where they'd be playing. Um, or maybe an hour and 20 anyways though. Uh, so that's the first thing. But the other thing is they're very aware and they know it and they've talked about it. Ricky and me have had conversations about it and just in general, they've, you know, it's not like, I'm, like he's like, I'm breaking news when it comes to that. There, there's yep. notice of that, but their intention is to try to set up their combines and it's to reach out to find every, every little place they can to find football players, like former football players that have collegiate names and everything else, bring in yep. names that you would know to teach those people how to play the game. And I know I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, that's a name, but they don't know how to play rugby league. They're right. They don't know how to play rugby league yet, but our guys, we train in sports. Like the same way you guys train in rugby league from like little age, we're doing that with every sport. Every sport, sport yeah. Every you guys sport. Athletes, man. Like, yeah, we're conditioned to do – like to do a little bit of everything and so we so all of it is about you know dedication right and so our i'm I'm, i mean i'm sitting here telling you this while i'm drinking jack daniels at five in the morning but the honest (laughs) answer is like we regiment our food and our regiment our drinks and we regiment our workout and we do everything at an extreme level to which whenever i go other places and and i talk to people from overseas i i'm a regular guy i'm not even one of these stud athletes (laughs) And they'll, they'll be like, why are you, why are you doing that? Oh, because I need to make sure that I can do this so I can play in a local, you know, a local game at the park. I got to make sure I'm intermittent fasting. or do something ridiculous like that. Dedication. And I'm yeah. almost 40 and it's just because it's ingrained in us. And, and 
if people saw me, they wouldn't like, they're not going to put me in any calendars. I'll say that. So, um, <laughs> don't but, yourself uh, short, mate. I'm sure there's, some, I'm sure there'd be a calendar out there. That, that... What we should do is we should start a podcast calendar. <laughs> and we should all be in a podcast calendar. And it would we'll be horrible. We we'd it. probably, we'd have to pay people to buy them, but that's okay. Uh, we'd still be in one. But yeah, I mean, like you can pull those American athletes. So I, I genuinely believe you're going to get a guy who played for, say, he played for, I don't know. He played for Texas A&M University, and he was a, a running back, and he was really good. And then everybody knew who he was. And then he, he, you know, he popped his knee his senior year of college. Yeah. and didn't make the NFL, but everybody remembers his name. That guy makes the roster, and people in the. And the, the thing is, ESPN will talk about that. Yeah. Local sports, like barstool sports, will talk about it. Like there are ways to get out there and find people that want to talk about what's going on inside the sport of rugby league based on people that you maybe bring in for training camps or you put on your roster and you and you put a couple of those guys that are risky moves but if you that's the best thing about starting in league one in my mind that's the best place for them to start because americans won't know any better like in their mind if they yeah. win league one they're the greatest team in the world they won't yep. know any difference but you can take a chance on bringing in a guy who you know, has never played the game before, but he's a stud athlete. You can bring him in at League One, and you can surround him with a couple guys with NRL backing uh, and that kind of thing, that level, and you can hide his inability on the field long enough for him to learn it, so that he can be a star off the field for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, probably like a guy like Monte Gaddis or something like that, who like he played obviously American football, and then all of a sudden, did he play for Toronto Wolfpack, and then he found himself over in Serbia. Like yeah, he so tried many... out and he didn't make it, but he they Shaw Cross, a small team in England, took a chance on him, and then he ended up in Serbia. So you could use him. You could use Jamil, you know, Robinson and yeah. Brandon Anderson, Ryan yeah. Burroughs, you know, Burrows, like yeah. all of these guys. Man, that's that's, that's but crazy. but that's that's the rugby league guy. But you can turn around and get the football guy. The, yeah, that the 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 real win will be getting a guy who can play the game of rugby league, like one of these guys we just mentioned. Um, that's especially one of our USA Hawks that's got that street cred already. <laughs> You can mix him in alongside yeah. of the guy who played college football, and both yeah. of those would be your spokesman for the sport. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. It's, it, even from like over here, like you look at um, when Jared Hayne tried to make it in the NFL, like all of a sudden there were people wearing San Francisco uh, hats around the place yeah. in Sydney. You know, Valentine Holmes now, all of a sudden people are watching him very closely. Like all, all it takes is someone that you sort, you can aspire to, to that, you know, that tries to make it. And yeah, like. Endless possibilities, man. Look, I'm sure we can agree. Like New York has to happen. Hopefully, we hear something soon. And uh, man, I can't wait to to hear more about it when it does. God, um, I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna tattoo my face like Mike Tyson. <laughs> I'll let I'll let you um pour some more whiskey, man, and maybe we get on to topic number two. I want to talk a little bit about the Midwest. So last week we heard news that we have a new team in Ohio. So the Columbus Voyagers. So they're set to yep. join the Chicago Stockyarders in an exhibition in exhibition matches in 2019, and they're hoping to form part of a Midwest Rugby League conference to run parallel to the North and South Conference in the USARL in 2020. Um, what can you tell us about these clubs and the hard work that they're putting in? Yeah, so Mike Featherstone, he's a St. Helens native over in England. He's a just to say that he's worked hard would be the understatement of a lifetime. Yep. He's just he's been working tirelessly. He just went. He moved to he moved to Chicago. He did like most of us. He moved for love. Right. So, yeah. so he moved yeah. to Chicago <laughs> and basically said, I love this sport and I want to make it happen. And he just created it out of nowhere. He's been working for years 
And so they've got Chicago. They've got a team down on the other side of Chicago and Joliet that they're trying to get going. That they've got. Okay. They've got that team that's been going. They've been competing in like nines formats in the last couple of summers um, with them. <clears throat> and then, you know, they had a year where they had a couple teams. There was a three-team league, uh, but it, it just it just didn't work out because it was just too early on to try it. So now they've got the team in Columbus. And for those who don't know, Columbus is a a, a sports-rich area. Yeah. Um, there's a college there. I refuse to say the name of them because I hate that college. So it's the rival <laughs> college of the team that I love. So I refuse to say their name out loud. Um, but um, having – can I – can I, you know, I can I can curse on this show. Actually, I'll say that, yeah, it's the – You can uh, say whatever the fuck you yeah, want, Nate. Yeah, that's, well, that's who they are. It's the, uh, it's the uh, Ohio State fuckeyes. So I won't say <laughs> the actual names. So, okay. uh, yeah, so, you know, anyways. But, um, yeah, so that's who it is. So there's a that's a football rich area. It's also a rugby rich area. That that's where. So if you follow along, if you ever, if anybody listens to or watches sevens, yep. a lot of the USA sevens players they have trained and live in that Columbus, Ohio region. Because, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, sevens is massive there. So there's a guy, Paul Holmes, he's South African born American, who started 1823 rugby, and then that turned into Tiger rugby. And they they have now moved to like IMG Academy, which is which is a like it is a place in Florida that is dedicated to breeding the best American sports athletes they can find. And yeah. rugby has been taken underneath that wing. Sevens has specifically, yeah, and, you, and you guys are killing it in sevens at the moment. We're killing like, it right now. Yeah. We're the number one team in the world. And five years ago, people would have laughed if they said that. Yeah, because sevens makes sense to Americans. Rugby union doesn't make sense. I mean, we they've got the MLR and they've got it's all through college. I coached it and and I do you know I, I'm not going to shit on the sport. Um, you know, it is all through America and it is big, but it's it's almost as big as it'll ever get because Americans will never understand the ruck and the scrum. They just won't ever understand. It's it. so yeah. complicated. Hey, yeah, it's, yeah. Man, I I played hooker, which by the way was one of my worst life decisions. But <laughs> yeah. I played hooker in rugby union for a little bit, and I can yeah. tell you that it is. It is brutal, but it is also, I mean, you spend hours every day learning the basic techniques and tactics inside of that to where there's no way you can watch that on TV as an American and ever 100%. really get involved as a casual fan. Yeah. So that region is huge. And so what they've done is Columbus has moved in and they're going to start that team. I think they'll be able to pull from football, rugby union, rugby league, I mean, the rugby sevens yep. and and pull all those guys together. You'll have Chicago. They're trying to get going in Milwaukee. That whole region. Yeah, I heard it, about that one as well. Yeah, it's massive for college rugby, and so you can get those converts in the summer. And then also the uh, so on the Canadian side, the Ontario yeah. Rugby League. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to get together and they're trying to basically put in their bid to be a part of the USARL in 2020. Uh, yep. And I'm going to so find out a, some. Yeah, go ahead. Three, they have a three-team comp in Ontario. So is that would this be like the best of that? Yeah. Or will it, yeah so what cool. they're trying to do is add that in. So they're trying to actually see if there's a way to take the Ontario Rugby League, Chicago, Columbus, maybe Milwaukee, build a conference out there and it become a part of the USARL. Crazy. And so, which would be crazy because it's going into Canada, but I think they would maybe be able to figure something out there or they may play exhibition games against Ontario to fill the schedule. Um, but, but try to work it in eventually, but that's coming out, you know, that, that I'll have Danny on the show soon. I'll be recording tonight with him. I hope to find out what's going to happen there, but, but 2019 is going to be an exhibition season with yep. the intent to try to make 2020 a USARL Midwest region. And I, now if I were guessing, they probably won't allow them to compete in the championship the first year. They probably say, okay, give it a run. Why is that? 
test it out. Uh, my assumption is they would want to say, like, give it a run, test it out, make sure that you've got all the kinks worked out for a year. Yeah. You're a part of the USARL. We're going to pay attention to you. We're going to help fund you, whatever we need to, to support you. But my assumption is they wouldn't probably let them play in the title game, that first one, just because they'd have to also figure out how do we incorporate the Midwest, the North, and the South. Yeah. Um, but by year two of them being a part of it, I would assume they'd have it figured. And I may be wrong. They may try to incorporate it right away. But I think the little bit of things I have heard prior to talking to Danny is that yep. they would probably go at it that first season of acceptance. It would be like a no postseason play, but you you are part of it to make sure we can figure out the logistics. Yeah. Because um, America is an expansive country. It'd be like throwing together teams and it'd be like putting together teams in like Darwin, Perth and, you know, Adelaide and trying to make it work in a, you know, in a, in a comp that's only in, you know, only in Sydney, you know, kind of thing. So uh, fair enough. Yep, yep, yeah. Yeah. Like they have okay. to, they have to figure out the logistics of all of that. So that makes sense. So kind of like, um, I think 2012, they had like a development sort of system happening in the Midwest in, with the AMNRL. Right. So it would be that sort of situation as well. Um, do you think there's an opportunity to have like, like the Wolfpack having a reserve grade side? In like yeah. a Midwest conference? Yeah, I think it would. I'm very interested. I'm, I'm, I'm half sold on the idea of a, of a reserve team, and I'm half not sold on it. And the only reason why, why is it, that? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I've got this weird thing where I'm like getting in fights with myself. This is what happens when you live yeah. alone. So, um, <laughs> but I'm, so I'm a big fan of the reserve team being in that because they could they could easily bring in a group of like. 19 to 23 year olds to put on the reserve side it could be whatever but you could use that and they could play against columbus they could play against chicago they could play against the ontario teams and i think that would be a really good thing so from a usarl perspective and a midwest perspective i think if toronto did that it would it would be an unbelievable step forward it would be humongous um it would be great for them the only reason why i'm i'm not against it the only thing that makes me curious is right now i look at it and i'd love to see toronto throw all of their money behind continuing to produce more on, you know, on the field and off the field for theirs, just to continue to build a stronghold in that region. Um, yeah. Just so it's the idea of like, Hey, all that money you'd spend on reserve grade, um, spend that on developing, you know, throw that into the local high schools and stuff like that to get like touch going before the game and all that. Plus throw it into your social media marketing and all these, just because I could see like that initial for the next two years, like push hard to get more embedded and then start up your reserve side. So, but, yeah, but from the standpoint enough. of the USARL, I think it would yeah. be huge if Toronto would do that. Well, the key for Toronto is development because I think the like I think they're one of the most well-run clubs in the world of rugby league. But the one thing that people do, I guess, I'll say shit on them a little bit for is their development. Like, and it's not really fair because they're only a couple of years old, right? Um, but like, I just think you know if they can get something going on there, like, ha- like. The fact that they lost, we spoke about it in episode one of our podcast, and I probably pronounced his name incorrectly, but um, Nagati, you might be able yeah, to correct yeah, me there. Yeah, Quinn Nagati. Quinn Nagati. So they had to let him go. He's a 20-year-old, Canadian-born, absolute gun, and he's playing rugby union because, you know, there wasn't really room for him in the top squad at the Wolfpack. I mean, it would be good to be able to keep some of these young guys, Canadian guys, strengthen the Canadian side. Um we we went off on a tangent. We're supposed to be talking USA, but I guess no. North but you're America. right. I mean, yeah, it all connects. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, when it comes down to that, from a standpoint of you know, when you're developing that, if you do the Wolfpack, the reserve side, you can throw in some of those Canadians. But that does come back yeah. to the USARL. Like they could even they could even look to fund the Ontario Rugby League portion of this and just say, hey, we're gonna pay 
we're going to take a couple guys and throw them in your sides. Like we're going to bring a couple guys over and pay instead yeah. of maybe paying for, you know, a 20 man deep squad. Uh, we're going to pay to bring over, have five players inside of our developmental you know, program. And we're going to be bringing these guys in and throwing them on the Ontario rugby league team. Like yeah. one of these sides and they're going to uh, go against these other ones. So they could even do that route. And then that does connect into the USARL and everything else. I, that, yeah, maybe know, yeah, we can do that. But, the other thing too is we don't have to like we do have like hockey has developmental sides um you know they do have a little bit of it in the nba they do have a little bit of it in baseball but the honest answer is like americans we use our college sports to fund our national team sides like that's how we do it we don't have to have minor yeah. leagues. like we have minor leagues for baseball because they've had them for so long and they do all that but like the nfl is the biggest sport in america it is the second biggest sport is the NBA and, and hell most of our best players are coming straight out of high school. So you yeah. don't have to have reserve developmental sides. You don't like that is something that makes sense in other countries, but here you can start. Cause I hear people all the time, like you got to have grassroots and you do, and you have to have, you know, developmental sides and reserve sides and you do eventually, but America doesn't care about that, right? Like there were a, there were a, a billion soccer moms in minivans <laughs> taking their yep. kids to games and they were so they were hippies and elitists that were doing soccer whenever you know like when I was growing up, um, yeah, and and me right so there was hippie elitists and then me but um, oh, so you were playing soccer as well yeah okay. I was playing soccer when I was young but um but I was playing American football ba- basketball baseball but I was trying out oh, well. soccer I was a little bit of everything but but we care about like the big side so like when soccer when when the World Cup happened in 1994 and then they yep. followed it up with the MLS and they built it slowly but they structured it they started a professional league and they brought over some big names to really in, inspire and do that. You, yep. we, we care about the professional side of sport. We care about the college side of sport. What we care about is the entertainment value of a sport. So if you're like, oh, well, you know, if, so if, if you put the New York team in there, uh, all of the purists, all of the rugby league fans will be like, you have to have a developmental side. You have to grow through the USARL. You have to do all this. And you do, you should, because it helps build the sport. Yep. But American sports fans couldn't give a shit less about that they don't care they don't yeah, well. care. like i don't i don't care if the new york side i want to see them pull americans from the usarl but i don't yeah. care if they ever have a u like if they have a developmental side i care about the product that's on the field i care about what's going on how can i get to them on social media where can i yeah. watch them on tv can i wear blue and orange and talk shit to the to a toronto wolfpack fan and i love yeah. the toronto wolfpack but like can yeah. i start that rivalry Oh, but if you had an American side, you'd, you'd yeah, Toronto oh, would be your 100%. second side straight away. Yeah, for you. yeah. <laughs> man, it's so good to have your perspective on that because, like, I mean, over here in Australia, like, we've got our reserve grade and we've got, you know, under-20s and then SG ball and it's just, like, we have this, like, this, this like, straight-line pathway. Um, and I, I guess they sort of have that over in England as well with their, their divisions. But, I mean, you know, yeah. just to hear a, an American perspective is... um. It's really interesting. You guys and, have pathways um, just like we do. We just use college as our pathway. That's yeah, that's yeah. the only difference is our college is our pathway than, than the reserve grade club. You guys are much better. I will give a massive shout out to what you guys do is if you graduate high school and you don't make it to that pathway, you still have yeah. a, a ton of local local clubs that the guys can play yeah. until they're 50 years old. We don't have that in football. We don't have yeah. that in basketball. Like you can go down and play in a local YMCA, but the real reality is, other than like playing old man beer league softball, there's really nothing out there for any American sport to play on the side with a true club. Like that's something we don't have that I would give massive credit to uh, to Australia for having. 
Well, it's nice to hear an American saying that Australians are, are better at something. So that's really cool, Nate. Thank you. But um, <laughs> man, I, that's probably like a good little niche area, you know, for, for rugby league where, you know, we can be, like you said, we can be picking up some of these athletes that don't make it. Um, and who's to say there won't be superstars in our sport as well. And I think it's really exciting. And uh, I hope the mid, like, do you think the Midwest 2020, is that on a scale of one to a hundred? Like what percentage do you give that of happening? Um. I would say without like to if the it's I'll say this if the Columbus side really takes off this year if they're able to really stay together and sustain through yep. the year and I think they are um, because they've been quietly working on this for a while I'd say it's probably right now about eighty percent and I think that's a and I think that's a good number before the season starts to say that I think it could happen and I think at the end of it all when the whole year's over if they're all agreeing to do this I think that you're looking at the ability to turn it on in 2020 no problem. Yeah, that'll be crazy. And hopefully we hear something at the AGM uh, between the clubs, which is at the time of recording this, I think they're probably midway through. So it's uh, yeah. it'll be Sunday morning over there in the States. So it's the second day. By the time this episode comes out, we probably would have some information. And um, I, I think I heard you saying that you're going to be, oh, I saw your, your quick minute today. You said you'll be speaking about that in a, in a show soon. So I, I encourage anyone listening here to, to have a listen to that as well, just to find out what's going on. Um, it's going to be really exciting, man. Yeah, no doubt. Mate, um, that brings me to the, the final topic for the night. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the American players that we should be watching and that, that people over in Australia or over in the States should know about. Okay. Um, so I want to start by talking about Ryan Burrows, mate, Captain America. Captain um, America. <laughs> it, mate, and I've got to say, I think I've got a man crush on this dude. He's a good-looking dude. Um, me too. Don't good feel bad. Play. <laughs> Don't feel bad. <laughs> Mate, he played for the uh, he played for the Wentworth Hill Magpies over here in 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 New South Wales. So they're the Parramatta Eels um, feeder side. He's played for the Wolfpack. He's played for London. He's played for Barrow, but now he's back in the USA, um, and he's staying home this year. What can yeah. you tell us? He is staying home, so I can't tell you everything because we do <laughs> yeah. talk. But I but in, he, yep. well, he honestly hasn't made all of his decisions yet. But I can tell you that he has stayed home and. I do think he's going to play with the Nova Eagles this year, which would be really cool to see him. Yeah, awesome. Which, by the way, if he's playing with the Nova Eagles, the rest of the league needs to get – so his first year that he ever played rugby league, his yeah. first year, he had never played rugby league. He scored, if I'm not mistaken, 33 tries in one year. In how many games? How many and games we're, talking, we're talking like 10 games, right? Like we're talking like, – oh, Yeah, we're talking yeah. like he blew up. He went insane. Like he went like – he went psychotic. Um, <clears throat> sorry if you hear that loud noise behind that scraping. They're scraping the snow because it snowed here last night. So, oh, good man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah. So um, he's a he's a filthy monster on the field. Like he's just incredible. So, uh, so if he comes in the no like into there, it's going to change Nova's dynamic immediately. They had a they didn't have a great year last year, and they could bounce back. They're going to have um, uh, uh, John O'Bunnings, actually a, a an Aussie that's coming back over to play here again this year. He'll be playing. He'll probably oh, cool. be playing in the halves. Um, so he's one of the guys they'll bring over. They they always have a couple of good athletes, and then if you mix in, if you mix in a, a you know a guy like a, like Jono who can who can pass the ball and distribute it out well uh, to get it out to a guy like Ryan Burrows, it'd be disgusting to try to catch him. Uh, with, so it's pretty much like with clubs over there, like this, your spine would normally be from Australia or the UK, and then it's the fast guys and the big guys that are that are American born. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Like, yeah, yeah, they'll bring in so we can have three Australian or English, like foreign born players. So, oh, yeah. So, if you come over three years and play for three years, then you don't count against that quota. So, you become an American on paper, right? When it comes to the fact, like an American player. So, you don't count as the foreign quota. Uh, So, that's how some teams like Jacksonville and a couple others, they have guys that are, you know, Atlanta and a couple others that are born and raised in other places, but they've lived here and they've played long enough with teams that they now count as a local boy. And then, and then you can bring in another player. So that's a strategy of it. Um, so, yeah, so uh, so that's what they'll do. Like that that nine, six, seven – well, I say the nine. A lot of your nines uh, aren't necessarily foreign-born just because they can translate a scrum half over from rugby. Uh, fair and, enough, yeah. Do that. Um, but for the most part, you'll notice a lot of your sixes and sevens um, and maybe one or two of your loose forwards. Maybe your 13, six, and seven will be yeah. foreign-born guys, something like that. Well, that was Jake Watson when he was at uh, at the yeah. DC Slayers, was playing halfback, so and, and he loved it over there. So, um, so it could be a good year for Nova Eagles, then if 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 Ryan ends up ends up there, and probably a bad year for my team, uh, the Brooklyn Kings, because they've just lost two of their guns uh, to Red yes, Star Belgrade. <laughs> so, Brandon Anderson, Jamil Robinson, what can you tell me about these guys? I can tell you that I think that they are the future of rugby league for the USA side when it comes how, to like how how old are they? They're in their twenties, right? So they're in their they're yeah. in their um they're in they're over the halfway point, you know, they're in their mid twenties, late twenties, something like that. But we're talking like twenty six, twenty seven years old. Okay. So, yeah. so they're not, you know, they're not twenty one or twenty two years old. They don't have twenty years of, you know, ahead of them or something like that. But they have their prime years ahead of them. So these are guys yeah. that um, I'm excited about these two, and I'm excited about Red Star with all of this. So you know, obviously Colin was on the show. We had him on. Yeah. And he was a great. Yeah, he was a great guy. We talked about developing the pipeline. I genuinely believe the first team, whether it be an Australian based or a super league team or whatever, but I think red star is jumping on it. The first team that realizes that America is a pipeline to athletes and they take a chance. They're going to win. They're going to, they're oh, going to, they're going to, I think it's insane. Like a team like Brisbane or Parramatta or, um, or I don't know the dragons, like anybody, right? Like if the first one of those teams, it's like, Hmm, let's just go over here find some Americans that know how to scout and 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 start a pipeline we're going to be set so we had these conversations um and through all of those i kept bringing these two guys up i'm like these are guys yeah. that have played in australia these guys are here they're you know these are these are two americans they have a lot of things going for them these are young black athletes who are educated well-spoken good looking yeah. unbelievably fit and they're athletes that have played you know, whatever they have, social media followings that like big social, uh, big enough. Yeah, they got about. They got about ten k each. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, absolute they're, yeah. weapons to look at them like just absolutely real, real gun athletes. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're not they're not little guys. Like Jamil's not that much taller than me, but he's built like a brick shit house. You know, he's like a <laughs> yeah. stocky guy, and then and and he's a and he can run. He can he can get out in the open field and and he can knock somebody's head off with tackles. Brandon, it's a big guy. He's a I mean, he's a he's from a pedigree, man. He's from a, a a long like a long history in his family of stud athletes. Um, you know, he's I mean, I mean, Jesus, he comes from a you know an NFL background, you know, family. Oh, crazy! Though. So yeah, I mean, I we're talking, yeah, we're talking like really good athletes. Uh, and so these guys are going over to Red Star. So talking to Colin, they we started talking back. I guess I'm, well, we started talking before Christmas. Actually, I was on vacation the week of Christmas, and yeah. the entire week of Christmas, I was taking phone calls uh, from the guys and from him because we were trying to work it out. So we were able to find a sponsor to get them over, and they took a chance. And he's gonna, and he, we basically uh, are going to bring both of them in on contract for the year. And he just he does believe in that concept of let's bring in the Americans. So he brought in, in my mind, he brought in the two 
two of the three, because Ryan Burroughs would be the other one, two of the yep. three um, Americans that that can make a difference on the field and can make a difference off the field. And they're yeah. going to go play in Red Star. And I think these two guys, um, they, they're going to they're gonna step on the field and Red Star is going to be in the Balkan Super League. They're not going to be touchable. And then of they're going yeah. yeah, to go into Challenge Cup. And they may run a couple games deep. These guys are good. These are good players. They, you know, they yeah. spent time down in Australia playing for a year. And, I mean, they're college football slash college rugby slash sevens players that they – I mean, they are – they're they're monsters. Man, if you if you told me twelve months ago that a couple of blokes from from the states would be playing for a Serbian rugby league club in the Challenge Cup and traveling to Cumbria to play one of the oldest amateur rugby league clubs in Milam, man, if that doesn't tell you that some exciting things are happening in in international rugby league, then I don't know what else does. Like that's crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> It's nuts, man. Yeah, it's nuts. You got to watch out for these two. I think they're going to do. I think they're going to do big things. I'm I'm working with them behind the scenes. Um, yeah. To try to so continue cool. to keep them going. I mean, I'm not a so I'm not an agent. I don't even think I'm an agent. I'm not an agent at all. Um, you could get, be, man. It could be a could be your calling. Maybe it is, but I think they <laughs> frown on on drinking whiskey while you're being an agent. So they don't do that on podcasts. So that's maybe I'll have to stick with it. But no, I won't tell anyone. No one listens to this show. Don't. No, I'm just kidding. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Then. Uh, no. Uh, so I love to deal. I love the behind the scenes. Anything with behind the scenes, I actually really enjoy that. So with these guys, I've enjoyed the consulting. You know, like just talking to them, and but also talking to Colin and trying to explain the importance of the American. You know, the, bringing those Americans in and, and helping grow the game in the ways that we grow the game and uh, and develop those pipelines. So we've been doing this, and I and I really think that these two guys, because they're also grabbing. You're, you when you rec- when he recruited them, and 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 I've said this before on the show, but when he's recruited these guys, yeah, what he's done is he's recruited the state of Georgia because that's where, or he's recruited Warner Robins, Georgia, because that's where Brandon's from. He's recruited Columbia, you know, um, uh, Ohio. Uh, Columbus, where uh, where um, Jamil lives and stuff like that. He's recruited their their regions. He's recruited yep. Brooklyn. He's recruited all of, anywhere that they've ever played. Any of their followers or anything else. Red Star Belgrade is going to get a multitude of people following along with their social media and paying attention to them because of these two guys. More jerseys will be sold because of these two guys. And that's it's not to say that these are like guys with them you know that they're not billionaires we're talking about two guys that picked up the sport a couple of years ago but because of their social media presence because of the quality of men that they are and just this stellar level of athlete they are yeah they are representing america at the next level and they're going to continue i i don't think red stars their last uh their last stop i think 2020 they're playing on the new york team maybe like they're like they're on a new york team or they're playing back in australia or they're they're playing in England at Super League level. Yeah, they could make their way up. They could make their way up the ranks anywhere. Um, yeah, that, that would be really awesome to see. And just so, like to think, so, like the things that Colin, he's a, such a good, smart guy. The, the things that he's doing to grow the game from Serbia, like the whole, a lot of the Balkan Super League clubs are, are, are really chasing Red Star. Um, I heard, I, I read an article and the other day about about these guys, and right at the end, it said that there was potentially a game between the USA and Serbia to be played in Belgrade in 2020. Yeah. Just to think that like we're talking about stuff like that. Like it's just so exciting, man. I know. And, I think it's really yeah. cool. So we've been talking about that with, uh, so Colin reached out to me and God, I think in May 
yeah. maybe April or May. He's like, Hey, what are the chances you'd ever, you know, like you guys could get a team over here. And so, so I, I told him like who we would need to talk to with the USA side and they, they've started talking and I hope the national team side works, but if not, um, I, I would love to pull over. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a, together, you know, uh, a military side, but, um, I've, I've told him I would love in 2020 to try to help sponsor, raise money and sponsor a team to go over and play, you know, wearing red, white, and blue. I mean, obviously it would be better if it was the national team, but if it's not an American touring side to go play over in Serbia and, and go play against them. Um, it has I think to happen, man. I think it'd be so, awesome. Serbia really excites me because like I heard, like when I heard the, the stat that, you know, they are one of three countries in the world where rugby league is bigger than rugby union. That just blew my yep. mind. Um, and you know, this, you know, watch this space because they could be, they could be anything in 10, 20 years. So that's really cool, man. Um, are there any other players we should be watching like from the Hawks side or in the USARL? Like who, who are some, some guns that, some names that we should know? So I think, so Joe Eichner is actually an American. Um, and by the way, I'm going to try to do a, I'm going to try uh, to do a Facebook live every Wednesday where I talk about every American, whether it's a heritage player or a local or a USARL guy that's doing really well to try to like talk about them. Uh, but from a, you know, to, to try to keep people paying attention to our American athletes. But so Joe Eichner is over right now. He played with the uh, junior diesels last year and I completely just drew a blank as to where he's playing up in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. up in country league. So uh, it'll come back to me and I'll try to get that to you. Uh, but anyways, so he's an American who, grew up in the Jacksonville Axman system and he's over in Australia now for year two training. He plays, yep. um, you know, he's a USA Hawk. He's been with the red, white, and blue now for a couple of years. I, he got, he looked even better in the qualifying game against uh, Jamaica. I think he'll continue to get better. And he's somebody that the Aussies can go watch over there. Um, yep. And I think he'll be by, you know, because I do believe that the boys will qualify this year for the world cup. I think he'll be a key piece of that. And the best thing about, um, the, the best the, the best thing about the the USARL, the American players is so like there's somebody that's gonna show up on one of these rosters, like in yeah. Philadelphia or Boston or, you know, Southwest Florida. That they're they're interesting. They're doing some serious things down there. They're they're a young team, but they're coming along and they're gonna be bringing guys with a lot of a lot of international flair and stuff like that. But what what's gonna happen is one of these teams is going to get a guy that that has never played before who played college football or did whatever. And he's going to step on the field this year for the first time. And he's going to be the new Ryan Burroughs, right? Like when, Ryan. that's the, yeah. that, that's the thing. Like I can't tell you the name of who that person's going to be, but yeah. somebody, somebody's going to step up and it's going to be incredible because they're going to be the guy that scores 34 tries and breaks Ryan Burroughs record and, yeah. and jumps on the New York team. And three years from now, like, like, I really do believe this. I, I, I don't believe that I'm insane on this. I believe somebody in the next couple of years is going to come along. One of these athletes is going to come along. They're going to play good enough. They're going to get into the game. They're going to fall in love with it, like Brandon or Jamil. They're going to do just good enough. And one of these insane thinkers inside the game that nobody thinks about that's like Redcliffe Dolphins, um, yeah. or somebody like that level, or, or the Ipswich Jets, or somebody, they're going to take a chance on them. And then then a Rabbitohs or a Cowboys or somebody's going to see them and take a chance on them. I think there's an American right now that's that's growing up that may be a, a, a sophomore in high school that's going to find the game that's going to end up making it to that level. I legitimately believe somebody out there right now is capable. They just have to find the sport, and we have to hope that we get the right one. 
is capable of playing in the NRL in the next five years. I, I, I really believe that because of just the depth of athleticism, you know, bring that skill level, the size. We're not little, man. Jesus, look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a quarterback, yeah. right? Like Cam Newton's a quarterback. He's bigger than every rugby league player in the NRL. Yeah. Like he's yeah. six foot. He's what? A hundred and I may get this wrong. He's 190. Let me try to do the equation real fast. I think he's 193 <laughs> centimeters and weighs 122 kilos. Yep. Nice work. Like, and he plays quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He would be, he would be bigger than most prop front row forwards. Like right. he, it's crazy. And he's playing the most yeah. athletic position. So I think there's an athlete like that that's going to st- – I'm not saying he's going to be Cooper Cronk or he's going to be – you know, he's not going to be maybe sitting in the halves and he's not like – you know, he's not Thurston or anybody like that off the bat, but he's able to play in the centers or he's able to play in the second row or something like that. But it, it, all it takes is one of those guys, man, to that, that young American kids can aspire to. Like I remember you look at like soccer over here when Harry Kiel was playing over in the Premier League and yeah. all of a sudden like Australian kids – knew that they could make it in the biggest league in the world. It's the same sort of thing that, that could be happening. And I hope it happens soon, man. One of my biggest dreams has always been um, an Australian rugby league side and a USA rugby league side, like number one and number two in the world battling oh. it out. Because I just like, we are, we are two of the proudest sporting nations in the yes. world. And there's just, apart from like Olympic swimming, there's just nothing that we really, that we really compete with each other, I would yeah. love to see it, man. Because there's oh, no man. shame in either one of our countries. Like, you know, I love, I love uh, England. I love all the people that listen to the to the show. But like, England's like scared to be too good at something, right? Because they're afraid. Yeah, that, like, so they, they, like people are like, they're what they're afraid of is they're like, oh man, like we remember when you guys were an empire that used to like murder a lot of people. Well, man, yeah. like, calm down. The Crusades are over. It's okay to be <laughs> proud of something. Australians are proud, right? Like they're proud of the, the things that they're proud of. And the Americans, we're just straight up insane with what we get proud about. Um, yeah, man. It's just, it's insane. I'd love to see it. Like, I mean, and I love to see Australians. So I follow, like if I see an Australian playing, I'll watch them play, right? Like, so I don't watch basketball yep. all the time, but I'll watch yep. Stephen Adams play because he's from, you know, he's from that region. Like he's from, yeah. you know, he's from that, like if there's a New Zealander or there's an Australian or something like that, I'll watch him. Like I watch him because he's a tough dude. Like Stephen Adams plays for you know the the Thunder over there. Um, yep. You had Andrew Bogut who played, and I yeah. would watch him because of that. Um, so I mean, you know, well, that's that's the kind of thing. Like Stephen Adams, let me tell you something real fast about Stephen. He looks like me. the kind of guy that gets married in jeans. Like, <laughs> like I don't yeah. play around with people that get married in jeans. That's one of my <laughs> life goals. Like, so no shit. I live by three creeds in life so that I don't die young, and that is I don't fight people that are born in war torn countries. I don't fight yep. people that take their clothes off to fight you. And I don't fight people that get married in jeans. And he looks like somebody that gets married. Like I feel like a lot of Australian guys that come and play in like American sports are they get married in jeans kind of guys. Like they're tough guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, like I don't play around with people. Like if you can look a woman in her eyes and you can convince her that you're going to get married and take her special day and you're going to do it in jeans, you're not a normal human being. So I don't play with those people. I've never heard that saying. Before. I'm telling you, man, live that. Anytime somebody ever talks shit to you and you ever get in that situation, ask them what they got married in. I'm telling you, like, just <laughs> I would true. never fight a guy that got me. And for those who want to know, I've never been married in a pair of jeans because I'm not well, that mate, kind of guy. My wife would never have allowed that. What I really want to close the show off with is just your thoughts, man. So 2019. What are you looking forward to the most? And this is a question without notice, but yeah, what what are you looking forward to? And it can be America, it can be international, it can be whatever you like. 
as long as it's rugby league related, what's Nate Gladden looking forward to in 2019? Okay, I'll tell you. And it can be more than one thing. Yeah, no, I'll give you a couple. First off, I'll apologize to all your listeners because I, I ramble and I will ramble, like, and I've rambled for a while. So, no, nah, man, this has been an awesome chat. No yeah, need to so, apologize. I've yeah. loved it. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, I get excited when I get to talk about rugby league with somebody. So, um, yeah. so there's a couple things that I'm really interested and excited about. So I'm obviously I do want the New York thing to happen, but we've talked about that though, but I am incredibly interested in paying attention to everything I can find, read and soak up about what's going on, what's going to happen in the future with, with the whole Polynesian region, like that, that whole like yeah. Tonga, Samoa, Fiji and all that. But I, I want to see, what I'm really excited about is I really hope to see a couple of guys from Samoa or Fiji heritage that decide to basically say, I'm not going to represent Australia or New Zealand. I'm not going to represent, yeah. you know, maybe an origin. I'm going to go this route instead. I want to see one or two of those. Cause if, if one of those countries can, and can kind of pop off the way that Toronto, uh, sorry, Tonga, Tonga did, yeah. I think it can develop the game quickly at the international level. And I think that's where it, I think that's the key. So I'm really paying attention and I'm fascinated. Yeah, 100%. With anything that yeah. Charlie and I spoke about that a few weeks ago as well. Like yeah, yeah, you did. I forget I which it. episode it was, but it's just like like Samoa in particular. I think Fiji could probably develop some of their own guns through like rugby sevens and things like that as well. But Samoa in particular, and man, like Papua New Guinea, like yes, they're just they're just waiting to to own rugby league. Like they just love love it, man, and they really deserve to be right up there. So I hope. I hope something can happen. If they can there, get but... proper funding, if they can get yeah, some man. proper funding, yeah, like if, yeah, if somebody said, okay, here you have a bunch of money and you can be whatever. Obviously, the USA because I'm here. But if I were going to go to another country, it probably would be like it would be down there. For PNG, they they could really take the sport by storm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that's what that's that whole region. So I include them in there. That that region yep. to me, 2019. If one or two players pledges their allegiance to them that can change the whole dynamic of international rugby league before the world cup starts it's huge the other one that i'm really paying attention to that i really am excited about for 2019 um and i don't know what's going to happen with the usa obviously i do think we can win and go to the quality or go to the world cup but world cup is jamaica so to me yeah Jamaica is the team and, and I plan on following them as much as I can and talking about them and 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 I can be honest and tell you I'll throw all my support behind them um but I mean the the honest answer is if if I were Jamaica if I were somebody out there I would be starting the 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 everyday documentary style video documentary vlog whatever you want to call it um I would be following them every single day from now until they get there but if if rugby league was smart, they would push because the black, yellow, and green colors are cool. The reggae boys yeah. is cool. The the, the people know the Jamaica. Vibe. The whole yeah. vibe. There's a yeah. massive contingent of them in America and a massive contingent of them in England. You yeah. could like to me, to me that is the like when they qualified for that World Cup. Like that was a big moment. I had a great time at that game. It was awesome. But but great call by the way. You're um. It was awesome, man. You did really well. <laughs> thanks. I, I, thanks. I was, I was 100% just winging it. Um, but no, I think those two things, because I think Jamaica, they bring a different vibe to the game like Tonga does. And, and, yeah. and they can, I mean, imagine a game where, imagine if Tonga plays Jamaica in England. Let's say they get in the same pool. Well, let's say that. Oh, insane. Up, oh, my God. Imagine. So I do know, obviously, Jamaica would not be able to hold a candle to, to Tonga on the field at first. However, 
a black, yellow, green, and red and white soaked stadium with all those flags that dance and the party and the vibe would do wonders for the game. It would blow That's the right, doors man. off it, the place. It doesn't matter what the scoreline is. Like you look at when Tonga played Australia um, late 2018, and, right. and like Tonga knew that they knew Australia were always going to walk away with that one. But just man, the way the fans reacted and like it was just amazing and yeah, Jamaica could do the same sort of thing I know like I remember like when I was growing up so I would have been would have been a young kid when um the last great last of the great West Indian cricket teams toured the yeah. first of the great Australian cricket teams and it, oh man crazy crazy and like Jamaica could really could really um could really bring that vibe to rugby league and it would be so unique like so unique to the sporting world like Man, that's awesome. Really love it. Man, talking World Cup qualifiers like USA, they're going to get in or what? Like, who are they playing? Cook Islands, South Africa? When do we find out? Uh, so South Africa and Cook Islands will have to play sometime in, I'm assuming, mid-2019. Uh, mid so once those two play, I would I, I would assume they'll play down there in Australia. Um, oh, yeah? yeah. So uh, that would be my that'd be my assumption. So um, just because it would probably make more sense for both of them to be there, especially with some of the heritage players. So, yeah. Um, but if they play there, the winner of that will have to come to America and play in November. And, I mean, I think we got stung. Like our, our, our pride got a little stung. So I think yeah. we'll try to bring in our best players. I think that – I think from a standpoint of like our, our backs alone are going to just – they're going to be – they're going to be better than whoever we play against because we'll have so many guys. Like we can have a junior Vibe, a Beretta Ferraimo, a Ryan Burroughs, a Brandon Anderson, a Jamil Robinson. I think yeah. we'll have a good a back, line. back line. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A, a good back line. Christian Freed's one of our American heritage players and Mark Alferdahl. So we've got good experience there that can play in that, you know, in the prop and in the hooker and positions and stuff like that. But yeah, I think what happened uh, to the what happened to the Pettyborn brothers? Are they still in the mix for the USA? Or they're in the they're in the mix. I know one of the Pettyborn brothers was hurt, and uh, the other one I think ah, okay. based on a contract thing couldn't come over. So I hope that this year we'll have the Pettyborn boys back. Uh, yeah. you know I want Luani and Bebe to come back again. I thought they, those guys were awesome to have, and 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 I, I do want to say that like so one I do think we can qualify. I think we can put together a team that'll 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 matter, and and it'll, and we'll win it, but. So I want to take a second to say uh, anybody that would ever think that heritage players don't like that they don't care about the team that they become involved in. I think that's a shit statement. When I look at the, uh, so 100%. when we when that game ended and I went down on the field afterwards, Lawani and Veve are two guys that were not born and raised in America, but they're American yeah. heritage players. Those two guys were sitting on the ground, hands on their like like their face buried in their hands completely shocked and completely upset and just like disgusted to go to the locker room afterwards to, to, to talk to those guys after the game, to have a couple minutes to talk to Beretta, to talk to all three of them. They weren't like, Oh, okay, we'll back over to where I'm playing games. No, it was, this sucks, man. Like, I can't believe we just let down America and, and we come, we'll come back. We're going to get like, it was, it was immediate. Those are, those are guys like, those are three guys right there. I mean, obviously all of them, but those are three guys that are high level, you know, high enough level, like people know who they are kind of guys that are American heritage players that care. Like they really do yeah. care. So I think that's important to to know the heritage guys. They really do. They, they pick it for a reason. And then when they pick that yeah. for a reason, like they truly embrace it. I mean, pe- people bag out the heritage thing all the time. But like you look at what like the Lebanese side and they're all Australian, but what the Lebanese side yeah. did 
at the last World Cup. Like, don't don't forget, like Andrew Fafida and Jason Taumalolo. They're actually like Australian and and New Zealand-born guys that that are that are playing for Tonga. And this is the reason why international rugby league is like being spoken about now, especially here in Australia. Yeah. Like, look, I think like you'd like to get to a stage where it's all you know it's all players that are born in that country representing that country. But you see, you still see it in all sports, man. Like I think there is a place for it. And man, if the passion's there, like I'm, I'm a third generation Italian Australian, but man, if I was ever a good rugby league player, I would have, I would have played for Italy any day of the week. Like it's the, the passion is there, man. You're from where you're from. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I agree with you. Nate. If I could play I on really a Latin heat team, I would. Like, I, like, you know, like, I, <laughs> have, my heritage is Cuban, you know, so same thing. I would oh, okay. play, like, I would, if Cuba had a team, I would travel down there to play for them right now. If they, you know, if the Latin Heat, if I could set up to be able to play for the Latin Heat in a competition, I would absolutely play for them. Like, I, like 100%, I would do that because that would represent a pride and, you know, in family. And that's not to say that the other side of my family, I'm not proud of. It's just, they, they, uh, they, they sort of pollinated with a lot of different versions of people. So you can't even tell who we are on that side, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like that's I would do that. Like I, I think the heritage thing matters. Mate, man, it's it's been amazing speaking to you, brother. I hope this is just the first of many conversations that we get to have. Um, before we close the show, like, is there anything else that you want to mention? Or I know on your show you you like to give the guest the final word. I'd like to give you the same courtesy, man. Like, is there anything you want to say before we before we wrap things up? Well, I've I've said a lot, so uh, <laughs> this is the problem with me. Oh, yeah, but uh, no, I. I First, I want to say, without a doubt, thank you so much for having me on the show because this is That's this is pleasure, awesome. Man. I love what you guys are doing, and I know you're just starting thank out, you. but I have no doubt <laughs> yeah. that you know I'm, what I'm going to be doing is trying to see if I can get a hold of your manager so I can try to set up a, an appointment to get on the show again in the future because you guys are killing it. I love it so, uh, mate. You could I appreciate the word. You can you're on whenever you like, buddy. Like whenever you want, just let us know. No, I love it, man. I know you. You're coming out here in yeah I am. You know what? That's my last word. Let me give a weird shout out. A a, a weird. Let me give a weird one that is is rugby league related, but not at the same time. So, so part of the uh, so so a big part of why my stuff took off, and I have to give credit is to Matt Bailey with the Brooklyn Kings. Uh, He was the first team that reached back out to me. It was very nice and everything else. But you know, I'm coming to Australia next year, and I'm and I'm and I'm coming to Australia to try to, you know, meet up and have fun and, and see rugby league. But inside of that, one of the things I'm going to be doing is there's the, the Nicole Fitzsimons foundation. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, so I did the interview with Kate Fitzsimons. She's a speaker and all that, but she is the, the reason why that connection is because of the Brooklyn Kings. So the Brooklyn Kings, they put her, um, the Nicole Fitzsimons foundation that is on their Jersey. I did an interview with them and they basically rugby league. Uh, Nicole worked for channel nine and she was a big rugby league fanatic and a dragons fan and yeah. all that. Well, she was, Best yeah, so she was killed, you know, she was killed tragically and, and, and yeah. through that Matt told me about that. And that was kind of like this, this feel good other story about rugby league. And so that whenever I was talking to him, I was like, you know, I want to come to, I want to come to Australia. I want to, I want to see origin. I want to see local games. I want to, you know, I want to have fun and all that, but let me know when the foundation, the, the ball is every year and I'll come down during that time. So that's why I'm coming when I'm coming. So I can actually oh, go wow. to the ball. Um, so that's a yep, shout out to them. That. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a shout out yeah. to uh, to a, a family that is a fanatical Dragons family uh, that yep. decided to get involved in American Rugby League, and so you know, and so they're involved with the Brooklyn Kings and the USA connection, and so that's kind of a weird last shout out, but I just think it's a cool connection to the sport and then just humanity and all the other things. It makes me feel better about the fact that I'm drinking at five a.m. But 
No, man, that's awesome. And as a Dragons fan, I um, love the Brooklyn Kings even more now. There you go. In that little story. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Nate Gladden, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's going to be a massive year. I can't wait to listen to your next episode. And I just can't wait for our fans to listen to this one because I think it's been been one of our best. So thank you so much, buddy. Hey, I, I truly appreciate you having me on. I hope you enjoyed that one. Nate is an absolute legend. If you want to hear more from him, the Rugby League in America podcast is available wherever you listen to ours. You can find him on Instagram at RLA Podcast. You can find him on Facebook, RL America. You can find him online at rlamerica.com. And the charity he mentioned towards the end of our conversation, NicoleFitzsimmons.com. You can find out more there as well. Don't forget to follow us at Chasing Kangaroos Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. And please like, share, and subscribe try to use the hashtag hashtag grow the game um, and feel free to reach out to us if you'd like to have a chat or give us any information about your club your nation your team Um, don't forget to tell your friends i'll be back next week with charlie and jake back to our regular style podcast we'll see you then we did it (laughs) we did it man that was great Dude, that was a good chat, man. That was mad. Like, oh, God. I had a freaking great time.